Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Linda Huang, the force of nature who blogs about food, lifestyle, and social media at lindahuang.com. Welcome. Thanks for having me. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Make Something Edmonton, and later on in the show, you'll hear from an Edmonton maker whose creations will delight someone on your Christmas list this year. All right, back to you, Linda. So how do you describe what your blog is about? It's more of a personal blog for sure. There are so many food bloggers in Edmonton now uh, who many of them I think are better writers than I am and know more about food than I do. So I don't uh, consider my food blog like the preeminent kind of <laughs> blog you should go to to learn about food. It's really just kind of, and it started this way, a chronicle of my life. Yeah. Um, and then as more people started reading it and, and being interested in what I was doing, uh, then I would sort of gear topics and things like that around what what I hope that other people are interested in finding on my blog but essentially it's just it's really just a personal blog and it covers things that I'm interested in which would include food social media and what I'm doing in Edmonton and cats yes (laughs) (laughs) yes well cats I reserve more for social like my social media platforms I don't actually do a lot about cats on my blog but I do you know I am the cat lady and I say that loud and proud (laughs) So why did you start your blog? So I have always been a big nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my nickname is Lynn Dork, so that came from somewhere. Uh, but So I have probably from a very young age, I think I got my first email account in grade three or something. Um, and I've been on MSN. I was doing the live journal thing and Zanga, and I used to make fan sites for different bands that I was interested in. Uh, so, so I've always sort of had some kind of a web presence. Um, and because of that, I've had versions of a blog for years and years and years. Um, the current lindahoying.com that you see probably has been about maybe seven, eight years. Um, and again, like I, I started it just to sort of chronicle what was going on in my life and my interests at the time. So it has really changed. Uh, I used to, again, if I was really interested in a certain band or actor or something, I'd yeah. blog about them. <laughs> um, and then and then I would say probably when I started uh, going into post-secondary journalism and broadcasting and things like that, I tried to target it and hone it a bit more into very specific topics that were of interest to me. But I just started it really because um, growing up, I wasn't really allowed out very much, which sounds terrible. But <laughs> my parents were very busy and I was the youngest and, you know, I couldn't go out without supervision. Uh, so I ended up going on the computer all the time and then I would find things to do on the computer and that included talking about my thoughts and my life and things like that. So I think a lot of people first became aware of you when you got pretty far in a worldwide contest um, that was billed as the best job in the world. Yeah. So what was that experience like? So yeah, I did the best job in the world back when I was a a journalism student. And that was crazy because, yeah, for sure, probably leading up to that point, most of my audience was very local. And then suddenly I was in this very international spotlight. So I was getting um, followers and readers from around the world. Um, I actually just got an email from a teacher in Toronto who had gotten his class to support me back in the best job in the world. And he's doing some other things now and reached out to me and said, oh, I wonder if you remember me. I'm hoping we can reconnect about something. So it's weird. I still keep in touch with some of those people as well. But that was that was all very strange and interesting and, and a good experience. I think what the best job in the world 
taught me, um, well, not taught me, uh, it made me hate <laughs> um, contests that get you to vote for yeah. things online. Yeah. So back then, it was still a pretty new concept. Um, you know, ooh, vote for your favorite, and the more votes you cast per day, then, you know, this person might win. That was all very shiny and new and exciting, and now I think it's, it's very overdone. Yeah. And um, there have been instances since then where I've been interested in certain, oh, man, that sounds really cool. And then I'll look further and see that it's a vote to win sort of contest. And I'll I'll step out because it's exhausting and yeah. draining and you really have to, like, try to be on all the time. Yeah, and it was a good experience to try, but um, I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was very proud with how far I came. Because um, you made it into the final 50 in the world? Yeah, I was the top 50 in the world, and I had beat out I think they said 35,000 applicants from around the world I was in the top 50 and then if we really want to drill down Karen actually yes. I was in the top 16 wow that's amazing <laughs> top 16 but that's such a random number right <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then they only chose the top 10 to actually go to Australia and do the you know in-person competition so I only did uh so, well, I did all the internet stuff, and that yeah. was fun. I still remember um, Global Edmonton actually did a live uh, remote in my living room. Really? Yeah, the day that I was supposed to find out if I made it or not, oh and it God. was just tears. <laughs> so I'm sure that's somewhere out there. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a great it was a great experience, I think. And, and it helped, I would say, grow, grow my audience for sure. But you still do, to a certain extent, live out loud, like... Instagram gives us a pretty frequent window into your life, what mm-hmm. you're eating and what you're <laughs> petting and what you're doing. <laughs> so you, the, it didn't scare you off from being a, like a kind of a public person. Yeah, I, and I think I've always sort of, um, I've always sort of liked that. Actually, when I went into journalism, I knew I wanted to go into television broadcasting, but I wanted to get more of a strong writing background. Um, but I did like the idea of being out there and you know having people listen to what I'm sharing or stories I'm telling or things that I'm saying. Um, so yeah, so I think that's part of my personality. I've never shied away from that. Uh, I'm totally fine with sharing my life online. So I do social media training now. And a question that often comes up is, well, am I oversharing? Is this too much? What about privacy? Or is it, you know, is this dangerous? Like, yeah, find me <laughs> and things like that. And certainly there are, pro- there are probably very scary cases where, where that would come up. And you do want to be careful what you share online for sure. But I always say, and I always like to reiterate that what I've put out there is I'm completely okay with everything that I've put out there. And what I've put out there is very deliberate. And, you know, if I I want people to know what animals I'm petting (laughs) (laughs) and uh, what food I'm eating and things like that. Um, And and the things I don't want people to know, they don't know. Um, So, yeah, so so it's funny. I'll get a lot of people who do come up and say... Oh, I know I know what you did yesterday. Like, we don't even have to talk right now because <laughs> I already know what you did and I know everything about you. I'm like, well, no, I mean, you know the highlights, you know, you know, you know the, the feature reel. Um, and I think you're seeing or we are reading more of those stories now where people are coming out and saying their social media is just a curated part of their life and it's not totally authentic and yeah. things like that. Um, I do try to be as authentic as possible for sure, um, but I'm definitely not sharing you know all my frustrations and anything in those those kind of things I do like to to be fairly positive and that is what I would say is is part of who I am online but that is who I've purposely 
put myself out to be right. online. Yeah. yeah. And you also must use all of that experience and plus your ongoing studying of what is going on in social media in your current role as a what is your current role? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the official title is Digital Communications Specialist at Nate. Right. But that is such a mouthful. And when I say that to people, they, their eyes kind of glaze over because <laughs> they don't know what it means. Uh, so actually at Nate, uh, people just know me in my email signature. I say, social media lady. Yeah. So I just, I just do social media. Um, but yeah, I, I've been very fortunate that uh, social media and the internet and blogging and all that stuff has always been my hobby. Yeah. Um, and now I do get to do it as a full-time job at Nate. Nate, uh, and that's and it's a whole other side of it. So even before I was doing social media, previous to Nate at CTV, mm-hmm. um, completely different ball game and and kind of atmosphere. So once I got to Nate, it was so much more structured, and there's plans and strategies and analyzing all of these things. And so I've learned quite a bit yeah. um, into that world. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, they only see they'll see the posts and they'll see the nice picture and the videos or the funny quip back and forth to people and then they don't realize oh man they're actually they're analyzing this and they, you know they've actually got a calendar where they're trying to schedule things and all yeah. that stuff so it's been a it's it's an interesting job but yeah I've been fortunate uh that I I really do just love being in that online space it's interesting now because there are so many social media jobs I think you could do a social media job in any industry because it's it's communications, really, at the core of it. You're going to be in the communications or marketing uh, side. But I always say, like, um, the people, I think, who do it best or uh, you can see that in their work is is the people who actually like to do it and actually have their own accounts and are sharing things every day anyways and not just sort of from afar doing it. (laughs) No, I think that's true. When I used to, I taught a little Twitter class and I said, you're not going to be good at being on Twitter for your organization unless you are also a consumer of Twitter because you won't know what normal people like to read absolutely. if you're not a normal pe- person who <laughs> likes to read stuff. Yeah, on absolutely. If you're just kind of going in it with a very, um, you know, business strategic kind of lens and you aren't doing it yourself, then there's going to be a huge disconnect. Um, so I think in that sense, I probably have an advantage because I do love to immerse myself yeah. in, in the social media world. Yeah. So. <laughs> so how long have you been doing that social media notes about? Because that's quite a a, a long roundup every week of what's going on in that world. My social media notes actually has evolved as well. So on my blog, I used to do uh, something called Clicks of the Day, uh, which was a curated list of news that was interesting to me. And that could be local news or world news and things like that. And then so Clicks of the Day was it was just resource-wise, it took too much out of me yeah, to post yeah. every single day. And I would say that's probably like a, a blogging tip as well. You you want to make sure that you're consistent, but not to the point where you run yourself into the ground or you can't keep up. Yeah. Uh, so clicks of the day, uh, I did for I'd say probably a year, and then it was it was too much, and I was missing too much. So then I shaved it down to clicks of the week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, I can do one week, and then I did do that for a while. Um, but then uh, I started thinking more about okay, well, news is great, and at the time I was in news, yeah. so it made sense. Um, but I was moving or shifting more towards social media as a job and I started doing more uh, just stories I guess on my blog about people doing interesting things on social media Um, and that was very sporadic and random as well so I did I wanted something more consistent so then the social media notes were born and similar it's very similar to I mean any curated list I suppose but yeah so I've probably doing that been doing that now for 
maybe close to a year. I've definitely missed weeks as well. Yeah. <laughs> Consistency is, I try to be as consistent as possible, but I'm always, I've, there's a lot of things going on in my life. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I miss things for sure. But yeah, but maybe about a year. And, and then I do that, you know, part of it is for consistency's sake. I've actually, uh, in the last few weeks, I've been pretty bad at blogging about food. So I've been really lazy <laughs> and just choosing to watch Netflix instead of actually writing anything. Um, but I've got the consistent social media notes that, okay, at least once a week, I can put that out. So that's kind of been, since I got back from vacation, I've sort of been in a, in a little bit of a hump, but I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good, I think, for other people who are interested in social media. I, I had hoped that that's a nice resource for them. But also, again, because my blog, I, I do think, is like a personal sort of reflection um, of what I'm interested in, that's also for myself so that I make sure that I am kind of on the latest trends or know what's happening in, yeah. this, in this world or industry that I'm very interested in. Yeah. Do you miss journalism? <laughs> um, I miss aspects of journalism. When I switched into the communications PR world, that question came up like every time I ran yeah. into someone from my journalism past. I think my favorite part of journalism was telling stories about cool people. But the nice thing is now that you don't need to be an official journalist or with an official publication to tell cool stories of people. Um, so I still, where I can, you know, if something comes up, I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. I want to learn more about that or I want to tell people about that. Yeah. I can still do that. And I do that either on social media or on my blog. Um, but that, I would say, is the biggest thing that I would miss about journalism is kind of finding cool stories every day and sharing those out. Um, but I'm finding that I'm still able to do that at a lesser scale, but um, I can still do that now. So yeah. I don't miss it. I don't miss it that much. Yeah. The dark side is pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say, yeah. So the cops is the dark side. And I think uh, when I was in school, they had a picture where it was like, come to the dark side, we have cookies. And I was like, I don't like cookies, but <laughs> but there are perks to being on the side for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Predictable hours. Yes, better that's money. a big yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> what kinds of real life experiences has your blogging and social media presence made possible? Oh my gosh, so many things. Well, one of the biggest things I'd say is my blog or being active on social media has um, allowed me to meet so many more people than I would ever meet otherwise. Right. Um, people who... Uh, have now become some of my very best friends, um, but either because of age difference or different industry or whatever it is, but because they either landed upon my blog or we became Twitter friends or Instagram friends, um, now we're, we're really good friends uh, in real life or I can't imagine, you know, going a day without texting someone. And then, and then you know, it used, to, it used to be, I think, more awkward when it's like, oh, well, how did you meet this person? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I met them online. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, there's like that taboo against that. Um, but now I'm like, you know what? We are we started as Twitter friends or actually they started following me on Instagram and yeah. we have all these things in common. Generally, that's the biggest thing, um, being online and blogging and sort of having this this cool connection uh, to people that I would not normally get a, a connection to. So I really like that. There's probably, I mean, I would say uh, career-wise, certainly I think having my blog 
uh, being active on social media has given me really good opportunities for work. When I got my job at CTV a few years ago, on the very first day, my news director was touring me around uh, and introducing me to people. And the way he introduced me was, oh, this is Linda. Do you read her blog? Are you, are you following her on Twitter? Yeah. She has this many followers. So it was very re- like surreal, I would yeah. say. It was very <laughs> odd. But I was like, wow. But I mean, that does, that does show that that, that meant something. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure if I didn't have my blog or I didn't have um, or I wasn't as active on social media, then, then maybe their decision to hire me wouldn't have been as, <laughs> as easy or as obvious. Uh, so there's certain career opportunities that have come from it. Um, now I'd say I'm doing a lot of um, not just food. So primarily on my blog, I'll do like restaurant reviews and things like that and food. Um, but because, you know, I said there's so many food bloggers now, it's not that it's competition, but it's just I would say there's so many choices and so many voices and so many options that I am trying to do more just Edmonton life yeah. kind of stuff, Edmonton yeah. life, Edmonton events. And because of that, I've gotten some pretty neat opportunities in the last year just to even just travel places. Not far, but, you know, come to Jasper, come to Banff, uh, go to this thing in Edmonton, try this out. So I've been getting some really uh fun, I'd say, partnerships that I would not be able to get otherwise. (laughs) Would you say the Edmonton International Cat Festival also grew out of your online activity? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually in very early planning stages for the third annual Edmonton International Cat Festival. Um, But 100% uh, that festival I'm, I'm very proud of. And I'm always surprised at not how easy it was to do, but how helpful everyone has been or how willing people are to lend me this or do this or volunteer their time for this. Um, and, I, and I do say or I have said I would not have had the same success or it would not have been uh, as easy to do. Not that it was easy, but it would have been much more difficult um, had I not uh, had connections made already um, online or had I not, you know, I guess, I mean, I would say the blog itself lends me some credibility. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, so that has been helpful, too. So when I'm reaching out to someone, and, and, and at first it can sound ridiculous, right? So I'm organizing a cat festival. <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh. But because I'm, uh, you know, I'm talking about cats online almost every day, it's like, oh, of course. So tell me more about yes. what you're thinking. <laughs> so it legitimizes that a little bit, for sure. It's been, it's been very... Uh, very helpful and I've been super grateful actually and I imagine I'll use I guess Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff in the in the coming months for sure to ask for more ideas and help and I really want to there was this uh, video that came out a couple years ago of this glass cube that was set in the middle of some busy street in the states Uh and then people started lining up to see what was in there and then they would go in and then just kittens would come out and play with them (laughs) so I really want to do that for this uh, coming cat festival um, I just need to figure out, well, where can I get a glass cube? Yeah. <laughs> Who can help me with this? But I'm sure I'll find someone. Okay, putting the call out now. Yeah, putting the call out now. On your podcast first. <laughs> An exclusive, world exclusive. Yeah. Um, when is the next festival? Uh, so the date is set for Saturday, May 28th, uh, 2016. And I would like to, because, um, so this will be the third year, and the previous two, they've all just been the one-day events. I would certainly like to expand it. I think it makes sense for it to be a weekend event. I think it makes sense to do one in Calgary and have like there be two for the yeah. biggest cities in Alberta. 
But at the same time, it's, I mean, honestly, I think sometimes with the cat festival, I'm in over my head because so many of what I'm, so much of what I'm doing is like, yeah, let's do this. Sounds good. Or like, oh, I need to get out this graphic really quick. And then I use my limited Photoshop skills (laughs) to like whip something up. And so, so to a degree, parts of it can be very unprofessional, I think. (laughs) And I do want to legitimize it more and bring in like a committee and do, so I have all these ideas that I want to do and I just haven't done them yet. That's generally, I think, my life. I have all of these ideas. (laughs) And some I've actually acted on and some are still swirling in my head um, until I sort out how I'm going to do that. But I do want to grow the Cat Festival and other aspects of it, but baby steps. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Everything starts somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Anything else on the horizon that you'd like to talk to us about? Well, my parents have a Vietnamese restaurant, Mm -hmm. uh, King Noodle House, which I think has the best pho in Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm totally biased. Um, But they're probably going to be retiring in the next few years. Um, And I need to, part of what I need to figure out is should I take it over? Is that an option? Do my brothers want to take it over? So far, I don't think my brothers want to. Right. Do we let this legacy die? Because they have been in Edmonton for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and they've really solidified, I'd say, very regular and, and rabid yes. <laughs> clientele. Yes. We actually just got back from a trip to Japan. We visited five different cat cafes. Yes. When we were there, I, was, I kept thinking, man, we should really... And it was so late to the party, right? Because <laughs> now there's a cat cafe almost everywhere now. But Edmonton still doesn't have one. So is that in my future? I don't know. But I'm always, yeah, I'm always sort of thinking about those things. In the near future, just going to keep blogging and talking to people and and having fun. I do really love Edmonton and I love being here. So where I can share about what's great, what's going on, or cool people doing cool things, um, I do want to kind of put my support behind that. All right, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll hear about online things. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Make Something Edmonton, which is offering great ideas for buying local this holiday shopping season. And joining me today is Rebecca Grant, who is the maker behind the Violet Chocolate Company, an award-winning boutique chocolatier that uses old-world chocolate crafting techniques to produce modern, unique flavors. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit more about what Violet Chocolate Company makes. Violet Chocolate Company makes mostly chocolate bars. Uh, We do make some truffles, and all of the bars have a unique twist on the flavors. We have salt and vinegar and tandoori-flavored chocolates and all the combinations you wouldn't expect. Yeah, how do you come up with those ideas? A lot of it's influenced by foods I eat. I kind of look for inspiration everywhere. When I saw the salt and vinegar chip flavor, I thought, Oh my God, I have to have that right now. (laughs) It's one of the best sellers. So how did you get started? I'm a Red Seal chef, um, so I did all my culinary training at Nate, Mm -hmm. um, and then I just kind of fell into chocolate. Let me ask you what your most popular items are. Probably salt and vinegar chip bar. I have a honey rosemary. I just did a Moroccan spice bar that's been really popular. And then as we're coming into Christmas, all the holiday flavors. So the gingerbread is really popular and the candy cane. Where can people buy Violet Chocolate? I am at the City Market every Saturday in December. Um, I have an online store at uh, thevioletchocolatecompany.com and there's also a list on the website of all the stores across the city that carry them. Rebecca has won international awards for her delicious and unexpected flavors. You can buy her creations at thevioletchocolatecompany.com and watch for more about the Violet Chocolate Company story at makesomethingedmonton.ca Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. 
So we're back with Linda. So what do you like to consume online? There are a few blogs uh, that I like to visit um, every week, and they've been mentioned before on your podcast, um, like Master Mac. Uh, that's an obvious one. I love his blog, uh, Sharon is a great food blog that I follow as well. Sharon Yeo said that only here for the food. Yes, exactly. Um, But I actually find most of my consumption of online stuff happens from Twitter or Instagram. So uh, I actually do a biannual list of my favorite Instagram users um, to follow based on, you know, random criteria in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like, who who do I think I am that I can put out my (laughs) list of people that I like? Um, But yeah, instead of, uh, I guess, recommending blogs, I wanted to recommend a few Instagram users who I, I really love to follow. Um, I love to follow with Justine. Um, and, I, and the nice thing about, I think, the people that I'm going to mention is that, except for, I'd say, one of them, <laughs> <laughs> is that they're not really my friends. Yeah. Um, I just know them online, and I love to see their photos. So when their pictures come up on my Instagram feed, I, I stop, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so good, nice. um, for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so with Justine, beautiful, beautiful photos. Um, Megan Lukian, um, she is a, a food blogger uh, as well, but I don't really know her that well, but I love her pictures. Um, Nicholas D. Yee, he, I don't know if you follow him, but he takes the most stunning uh, scenic kind of nature weather shots and it's just always crystal clear and gorgeous. Instanico who uh, is my friend Leslie um, but she uh, you know when I say because there's so many food bloggers and food posters and things like that there's I could list off you know 10 and everyone would be listing off the same 10 Um, but I feel like Instanico goes you know unnoticed sometimes she doesn't have a blog herself but I love her food photos. Yeg Ventures Mm-hmm. Lincoln Ho. Uh, I actually think, and I and one of the things I love about Instagram is when you can notice when people change, yeah. like when something has clicked, and you're like, oh, he's he really cares about his pictures now, or he really cares about <laughs> what he's posting. Whereas before, not that he didn't really care, but you know, you're just using Instagram casually, yeah. which is fine too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Yeg Ventures, I think he does a really great job of showing uh, a whole lot of different Edmonton events and things that are going on. Uh, and then Brittle, who is, uh, full disclosure, a very good friend of mine. Yes, <laughs> and <not>. yours. <laughs> um, but yeah, her photos are fantastic uh, on Instagram as well. Um, and you can tell that she really cares about the pictures that she's putting out there. The connecting line between all of these users is that um, you just you feel very good when you're looking through their feed. And it's like, That's wow, this is, this is pleasant, this is very nice. Or, you know, I'm inspired in some way, whether it's just that the photos are beautiful or they've actually inspired me to go to an event or try this food or do this thing and there's so many though there's so many good Edmonton Instagram users yeah um beautiful beautiful photos I think being shared every day so I try to sort of surround my feed with that beauty and then it makes me sort of try to kick up you know my game a little (laughs) bit (laughs) um but yeah so I'd recommend them (laughs) excellent so just just so she knows that's Brittany LeBlanc on Instagram brittle (laughs) b-r-i-t-l yes did you hear that Brittany So what advice would you have for somebody who maybe wants to step up their blog game uh, or their social media game but doesn't know where to start? You know, you should be blogging for yourself. Yeah. Um, you should like it or love it, first of all, uh, because I think now I'm, I'm seeing so many people, I think, get into blogging because they see, oh, man, they get to go to these cool events. Right. Or, oh, cool. Was that comped? Yeah. I want that. (laughs) Um, Which, those are fantastic perks, for sure. Uh, But you should be blogging because you really like 
X topic or whatever that might be. Um, so I'd say that should be step one is are you blogging for the right reasons? whatever that might be. <laughs> and then two, I mean, I mentioned that consistency thing. I think that's huge for, for stepping up any kind of game. Uh, I think in terms of social media, being active. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, that, and we kind of mentioned that before. Like, you're only going to find success. You're only going to find um, that you really enjoy it if you do it. Uh, and that's the, best way, that's the best way to build up your brand. Um, when I talk to some, I guess, small businesses or people who want to start using social media um, for their business, uh, they... And I don't blame them, but, you know, they, they want to see, well, I want my followers to grow or I want this many followers or why aren't I seeing these results right away kind yes, of thing, right? Yeah. The messages where you're pushing out something or trying to sell something or very, you're being very explicitly marketing, um, those are not going to work. Whereas when you just talk to someone and ask them how their day is going, like those little interactions is really what's going to take you far. And I think a lot of people have trouble with that. I, I feel very fortunate that people want to follow me and are following me, and I appreciate that. Um, but I don't necessarily follow everyone back who follows me. And I find that the people who I do end up following back are the ones who I'm seeing just, oh, they've, they've commented on this, or they've shared this, or they've actually interacted with me more than just a click and a follow. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the relationships, I think, that you build. And for me, a lot of it is, you know, I would be blogging even if I had just my husband was my one reader yeah. and I'll tell you my husband doesn't even read my blog <laughs> Mike yeah I know <laughs> so but I would just be blogging because that's inherently that's that's how you do that's how I do thanks for coming thank you visit Linda's blog at linda-huang.com so that's l-i-n-d-a hyphen h-o-a-n-g dot com She's also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lynn Dork, L-I-N-D-O-R-K. And are you a Snapchatter? Oh, I am. And also, this would be another tip, uh, is that if you're even remotely interested about starting on social media or trying to build up your social media game, is that you should try to claim your name on as many platforms as you can right away, even if you're not going to jump into it. Um, I, like many, I'm sure, scoffed at Snapchat yeah. two years ago or whatever it was, and I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in that right now. Maybe <laughs> later on it will be fine. Um, and then I found someone else had taken Lindork. Uh. <laughs> so uh, I'm Lindork, Y-E-G, on Snapchat. Uh, I'm doing a session on Snapchat for businesses at iMedia in March. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'll be doing a, a session on that with um, Tyler Jack Butler, who does McEwen social media. All these links and Linda's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandherdieg.com and subscribe to my newsletter at seenandherdieg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcast scenes. And you'll get updates on our monthly podcasting meetups and links to our Make Something Edmonton vendor and a link to the Edmonton International Pop Festival and yes. everything else. Yes. <laughs> I'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much, Karen. Thank you.